Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. Thank you for joining me today as you are living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So hello, hola. Hope you guys are doing well. Bonjour. Um... So this is episode 83. I have a great guest. I'm doing a part two with Dr. Nita Bouchon. And she is great, fabulous, an incredible thinker. And um, so was able to arrange it because I can't remember what episode it was, but it was some time back. But we did a little quick interview with her. Um, we had some technical issues, but um, she said uh, she would come back and she did. And we're so excited. And we're also going to have some books from her to be able to give away to the, you, the listeners, to this audience. So um, be looking up for that, along with some other great books, Social Startup Success, and some others. There's going to be great books that we're going to give away. So um, anyway, we'd love it if you would connect with us and stay in touch as you have then at UphillConversations.co. You can find all the social links there. Um, additionally, if you would like to be a guest on the show, when you go to the homepage, just scroll down just a wee tiny bit and you will see a little button that says, Hey, want to be not, Hey, but just want to be a guest on the show. Just click that. There's a form there, fill it out. And, um, and if you know someone that would, uh, you think would be great on the show, submit their name and we'll give it a look through and see if it's a good fit. Um, also, I have been doing the TGIMs or hashtag TGIM. Thank God it's Monday because Monday to me is what most people's Friday is like. Most people are just trying to get out of their week. I love getting out of my week, but I use the weekend. I want to re-energize and rejuvenate and just get myself full again. So on Sunday, I'm like looking forward to Monday. I want to get moving. So these are inspirational things to speak to your aspirations. And hopefully it will give you a touch of motivation, but you need to self-motivate, but grab a hold of these things. I'm taking quotes and different ideas and just sharing them with you. You can find them on the YouTube channel. And now it's a little different. It's still uphill, but it's where I do all my coaching from. It's uphill strategies. And you can look that up on YouTube and, you know, check, uh, take in some of that, uh, content there and just get a little, you know, a little shot, little, oomph, uh, to get you going. And, uh, you can check out even the coaching business at uphillstrategies.co. Everything is uphill for me. You know, you can't go uphill with, with downhill habits. So let me help you go uphill with the right habits, positive habits, good habits. Um, continue please to rate and review the show by going to iTunes or Stitcher and just type in uphill conversations and you'll be good to go. But anyways, the guest today, Dr. Nita, I love her. She's great. She's, um, she's got a, just a great story. Um, she was a, a former cosmetic dentist dentist. She left the dentistry business. Um, um, you know, it's a million dollar plus dentistry practice and she wanted to go after her inner truth. And that's what she did in her pursuit of knowledge to understand human behavior 
um, in order to create positive life transformation is really sparked by her own life experience to overcome a lot of extreme adversities that she had. Um, they included being orphaned at a young age, surviving an abusive marriage uh, uh, that was full of domestic violence or just had domestic violence in it and it was just not healthy and then also facing homelessness. So she's really channeled a lot of that in what she's currently doing today. Um, she seamlessly blends emotional grit, which is a book that she also wrote um, that she developed to overcome her personal adversity with the understanding of human behavioral patterns. Um, and her coaching is phenomenal and her message is great. And it's, she's very, transformational in her approach. Um, and, and it's tried and true and it's tested because it's a part of what she's been through in her own life. So I really believe that you're going to enjoy this episode. It's part two of, um, of the first one that we did. And so this is taking it now from emotional grit and then moving it into this whole experience of the coaching component that she has. And she has two books on Amazon. They're in the show notes, check them both out, check her out, Google her, you will really, really enjoy uh, what you learn uh, from her and the content she has to offer and her approach toward doing life. So without any further delay, let's jump into this part two interview with Nita. Welcome back, Nita, to the show. How are you and how's everything going in your world? Oh, wow. Well, things are great. Currently, I'm in New York City, so um, I can't complain. New York is a fun place to be. <laughs> it sure is. But that weather's it, been a little vicious, hasn't it? Oh, it sure has. Oh my gosh. We are, you know, growing up in Shy City in Chicago, you think it <laughs> prepares you for cold, but then you're spoiled rotten with the with the LA weather. I can't even handle like 40 degrees. <laughs> so. 40 degrees, you're like, oh my gosh, I need like a, a winter, like a, a big leather bomber. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuff, like I'm wearing my thermals. Like, I mean, it's, it's on. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> now, what are you doing up in New York right now? Uh, well, um, my uh, husband and I, we, we, we like to make our trips to New York. We have we have clients up here. We love our food and we're big foodies. So um, we try to make trips up. Uh, if not once a quarter, at least a couple times a year. So yeah. So any excuse to come out to the, to, to New York, but probably not during this time. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> so you made the trip, made the plans and all of a sudden second round of Nor'easter comes up your way. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. My, I can tell my friends that live up there. I'll just tell them that, I, that Hey, I know who to blame. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I flew right in when 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 that happened. Right. That so, well, we had um, you know, last time we got together, we before we could get started, we had technical difficulties. We had to kind of cut things short, and we were talking about emotional grit, sure um, which was you know, um, it's a great book, by the way. And I would love it if you sent some copies because we've been doing giveaways with our authors um, that have books, and um, so I'll have to provide something if you could, if you wanted to do that, that'd be great. Totally. But, um, you know, I know you've got your new book out that you, um, wrote with, uh, your husband, I believe. I did. Yes. And we, we, all around was, coaching, right? Yeah. It's called the book of coaching. So it's really, um, you know, the, 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 the time is now where 
what we've found is, um, you know, so many people are transitioning careers and so many people are, um, you know, looking at, you know, self-growth and self-development and, um, you know, while we do, my, my husband has a, has a, a coaching company and a, a and is part of a large uh, personal development company. Um, but what we decided was, well, how do we merge our genius zones together? That was right. one. And two, um, you know, how do we bring about to the world that, you know, um, is constantly teaching and elevating, um, other humans and bettering other humans. And so, um, that was, that was the idea. And we actually wrote it in 10 days <laughs> in the idea came up in, in Burma. We were, we were overseas in Myanmar and, um, uh, we're like, you know, there's, there's, there's this, there's this gap that we saw. Um, there's a bunch of people that are kind of, you know, wanting to transition in careers. And then of course, with me being a leadership coach, um, you know, a lot of, uh, leadership coaches aren't really having, uh, the emotional intelligence that they need. So it was kind of a birth of, you know, some of the elements that I talk about in my foundation is an, you know, emotional intelligence and behavioral psychology. So putting that and, um, giving, you know, this book, a training ground for people, uh, who want to be better leaders and coaches. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of why and how the book of coaching was born, and it just came September, and um, it's been a truly fun ride. We actually have a we run a business accelerator, teaching people um, how to build uh, their businesses, um, especially around the the coaching consulting strat, you know strategy world. So this is kind of um, uh, a segue into that. So yeah, and we're 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 excited. Now that is really cool. And I love how you're, you know, you're mixing your magic, which I think is great. You know, you're finding both of you in that, you know, to me, it's like the great cross pollination. You know what I mean? I, I say, <laughs> I, I always say the prettiest things come out of cross pollination, <laughs> you know? I think, I think so. I think that, you know, if you're, if you work with your partner or if you can, I, some people yeah, are like, if you can. <laughs> do it, you know, but I think that we, we, um, we adore each other's genius zones. And I think that's kind of how we kind of came together. Um, he's a phenomenal, uh, business leader and a business coach, and I love dissecting the mind. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of how, you know, I, that's how, how, how we got together. And, um, that's our wish for more humans to be able to coach and use coaching as actually a skill set. So even if you're not a coach, even if you're just running a business, um, even if you're just trying to figure out more of yourself, coaching as a skill is one of the most um, fundamental things you can actually learn about yourself, about mentoring others, about leading a household, about leading a you know community, starting a movement, whatever that is. Um, it's just you know it's one it's a it's an essential nutrient. That's and and that's right up my alley um, because obviously you know I'm a coach too and I actually did a couple of interviews today um, not podcast interviews this is like my gift the thing that I do but um, just you know people interviewing me to possibly be their coach and yeah. um, 
What's really cool is when I tell people, you know, especially those that want to get into some leadership position and whatever, I say, well, the first is lead yourself first. You have to know how to do that. You have to understand that about yourself. You have to have a coaching habit for yourself. And they're like, well, what does that mean? And I say, well, for, for example, something happens, you don't like the outcome. So, and you need to sit down, learn to, you know, have some, you know, reflection time, contemplate what took place and even say to yourself, okay, so when this happens, whatever the situation yeah. was, instead of doing this, I will like learn these little things, you know, put them in your own life before you start trying to say, let me lead other people because leadership is influence. But most people don't realize the best leaders are coaches. They coach coaches. themselves and then yeah. they know how to coach others. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? A thousand percent in full agreement, full agreement. You know, I think that, um, you know, coaches are, are great listeners. And a lot of times we, you know, we, we pull that out in other people, but you know, the, the idea is to teach that, um, you know, to others. And a lot of times people always ask, well, what's the difference between a coach and a teacher, you know? And, and I always say, cause my, my husband is a, a, a great coach and, I, I like to say I'm a, a great teacher. And so, um, and so we, we kind of go back and forth on this. Uh, and you know, a, a teacher, you know, teaches, they, they give you facts, they give you things to learn. And, you know, with coaching, it's, you know, you have the answer really. We're just helping you pull it out. Right. So right or wrong way to it. <laughs> so, right, right. Well, yeah. it, and what I and I love that I want to just tack onto it. The way I I say it to people is this: I don't want to give you answers to remember. I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to deal with you and help you with problems to solve. And yeah. so, because that's yours, that belongs to you. And I don't want to be an expert in your life. That's your job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just want to help well, you unlock these things. I think, and I think that you know, um, it's interesting because we see the whole education model you know, has been really around, um, you know, programming individuals on, on, you know, memorizing the right rules and the wrong rules. And, you know, and I think that when they get into <laughs> adulting of some sort and there's a life crisis or a life drama or, um, some sort of a transition phase, whether it's business or, you know, um, personal, it's kind of like there is no right or wrong answer. And, and that's where, you know, the, the coach's uh, duty is to kind of navigate through that and, and help that person, you know, figure it out for themselves. Where contrary to belief, you know, people are just sometimes looking for um, you to actually solve their problem for them yep. verbatim. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They want to outsource their thinking and their problem yeah. solving. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, that's no good. That's not a good way to go. And by the way, just so you know, I did order the book from Amazon, just so you ah, know, because I want to read it. I loved your last one. I want to <laughs> read, I'm going to read this one too. And um, I tell people about emotional grit all the time. So oh, thank you. yeah, hey, not a problem. So let me jump into this because, you know, under with that same spirit of emotional grit, you know, I love how it's always one of the ways you said it when we last you know, had a conversation, which was just so great for me. I, I hated that we had to cut short, but out of our heads and into our hearts, you know, and, and with leadership, you know, we need to understand, like you said, we, we got to be great listeners and a listener is someone who, you know, they're, they're attentive, they're active and, but listening without an agenda. Right. 
and you've got to listen because if you already have an agenda, how do you hear? Yeah. You know, you, you can't, can you? I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's, it's impossible. So leading from, uh, you know, going into this leadership thought, since we're talking about coaching and leadership and then this emotional grit, two sure. things that we had where we left off was like this empathy and compassion mm. and that real authentic and vulnerable self, right? So what I thought would be great is to explore with the time that we have together today, just to kind of dig into, um, Empathy and compassion. And so like the first question I want to pitch to you as a leader, someone who wants mm -hmm. to coach or lead, lead, lead your family, you know, lead in the community, whatever it is that you're doing, can you, can, can sometimes empathy be dangerous or compassion? Can it be dangerous <sighs> or wow. too much? How about too much empathy yeah. or too much compassion? Yeah. I think, I think I like that word better. You know, I, uh, it's, so it's, so it's interesting. I think that there's, and I'm going to answer it on two folds for the majority of, of people who, who typically lead based on fear. And I think last time we spoke, we, you know, we talked about three different fear cultures. Um, and you know, uh, historically people would lead using fear-based psychology. You know, you have to right. do this and you obey me. And that's kind of how war started and wars were won and, and battles were fought and all those things. Um, and you know, that that's very much like this masculine type of approach where, you know, and you see a lot of, I mean, where I'm in, I'm in New York city. So you see a lot of that wall street esque, um, type of, uh, leadership where it's, you know, you get the results. If you're not, you're fired, you know, that sort of thing where that's, you know, very much that aggressive, um, you know, not collaborative type of, of leadership. Right. Now, right. when you get into empathy and so when I'm teaching about, you know, fear-based leadership, well, what's actually missing from fear-based leadership? Well, it's understanding, it's understanding, it's compassion, it's empathy. Now, you know, and they've done studies with this from, you know, taking up upon, you know, Buddhist teachings and, uh, you know, different types of teachings around the world where if we add more empathy or, you know, what's traditionally called maybe, you know, a, a more feminine style approach, you know, softer, basically understanding where the other person's coming from. So you can have um, empathy without being a pushover, you can have empathy and still have tact and, and have respect, um, because you're understanding where that person is coming from right. you know, and, and, you know, having compassion for, okay, this person has this going on, but still you still have X, Y, and Z that still needs to get done. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we go into a fear-based, um, you know, uh, leadership to, thwart, you know, our, our personal agendas for the business or for whatever we need to get done. I think that, um, you know, while in some ways, if overused, yes, can be problematic. However, I think that, you know, in the traditional ways of, you know, utilizing empathy and compassion, I mean, right now, even if our own leaders of our country and, and you know, I, I don't like to talk politics too, too much, but you know, if, if, if they can have a little bit more empathy to understand, then we wouldn't have such, you know, classism and such division, even, even in our own top down. So what can we learn from that and incorporate it into, let's say, um, you know, 
now we're having schools that are teaching the art of compassion. And if we do that, well, okay, then, then a kid who is tending to bully or, you know, perhaps may grow up to be, you know, a shooter. I don't know. Um, maybe they won't grow up that way because they actually have these characteristics of understanding where X, Y, and D person is coming from versus, you know, the idea of, of entitlement and it has to be mine. And then we go into this, you know, fear-based type of thinking. Um, so for me, I think it's, it's, you know, there's, there's people react in, in, you know, two ways from fear, and that's where they base all their their decisions. And we're talking about leadership, so then you know we're segueing into that. So they're making decisions based off of fear, um, which means you know we have to use power, we have to use aggression, we have to use all those things. Whereas if we're making just decisions based on understanding one another, that hey, we all have our own stories. Um, doesn't mean you're going to get by with everything. Doesn't mean you're going to you know um, someone's going to just walk all over you. But I understand. The, the type of human that you are, uh, we're still going to get this done. But because I understand you, there's more, there's more collaboration built. There's more trust being built. Um, there is that innate respect because I respect you as a human being. So that's kind of the the lens that I'm kind of looking at it as. Right. And, but so, I mean, I think that's an incredible, uh, point of view. So it's, it's great. And I think it's one that we should all adopt. And I think, um, the world would be a much better place if if we could get to that to, to that space and bit. <laughs> yeah it would be it would be really really nice you know that's when you that's one of those things that you say that would be really nice <laughs> you know <laughs> if we could just start there you know people say i just want world peace like hey you know world peace we can work on that but if we could just do this this would be really cool <laughs> you know um so the the reason i bring that up is because you know sometimes a lot of people you know, they're a little misguided in their approach of empathy and compassion. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, um, I recently did an interview with someone who works on, um, you know, they're social activist and they, um, um, I don't know if you know, who she is, uh, Kathleen Janice and she wrote a book, um, social startup success. And, oh. you know, so she went up to Connecticut and Newtown where all the, you know, um, where that massacre was at the school and, you know, th they have a warehouse with 60,000 teddy bears. Wow. And 60,000 teddy bears. And what she was saying was, it's like, that's great that, you know, teddy bears, people gave money, teddy bears were sent, but they're in a warehouse. And what's really needed are community uh, <laughs> uh, uh, groups that can actually work to help heal the community. So mm -hmm. basically it's a misguided approach, right? So mm -hmm. I know it's a kind of, it's a little bit of a juxtaposition that I kind of want to use here, but sometimes we can be misguided in empathy and compassion. And what happens is, as you said, it, it goes into that pushover sense to where right. you end up rolling around with them in, yeah. in the problem yeah. instead. So how do you, how do you, you know, create the proper boundaries and limits as a person who desires to help people improve or to make the world a better place? If we can even put it that way, how do you, how do you set boundaries and limits to make sure that it's once again, that too much side to where now you're stuck in it with them. Yeah. And I think this is, this is such a great, um, way to frame it because I think that the reason why people, you know, um, kind of go into this martyrdom, like, you know, um, area is, is, you know, uh, it, it's great to be giving, it's great to be, you know, having this open-ended, um, way about, you about service, about serving. Um, and my own motto is serve love, you know, serve love every day. 
Um, but I think that, you know, what's lacking in that is like you said, what's lacking in that are boundaries Uh, and boundaries, you know, are, are fundamental for, for anybody that is working with, you know, somebody else or is, is, you know, and of course I'm talking in terms of, you know, coaching, leadership, having a business. I mean, what are you and how do you create those boundaries? Well, what are you not willing to tolerate? What are your non-negotiables? And, you know, there's, there's no right or wrong answer to that. But if somebody crosses that, you know, you can still have empathy for, for somebody. And from, from a very basic standpoint, you know, we all have businesses. Um, maybe you've hired one person or two or whatever, but if that person is not performing and that's one of your values and that's one of your non-negotiables, well, they probably shouldn't be there. And so that's, that's the quickest way for me to, you know, teach somebody, well, how do you create a boundary? Cause, um, you know, the culture that I come from being Filipino and Indian, <laughs> our boundaries are just, we, we they're whack. They, we don't have any boundaries. Right. Um, you know, our happiness is, 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 is your happiness. Essentially. We, we don't have that. It's if you're happy, we're happy. Um, you know, where I think that, and that's where it can get murky, um, where you think you have to overcompensate, over deliver, overdo, because, you know, either, either we go back to, you know, the sense of uh, the principles of emotional grit, you know, we, we don't feel worthy. We don't feel adequate. We're not good enough. You know, and those are the basic human, you know, needs and desires that we all want at the end of the day. You know, we're, we're going real, real basic here, but going back to your question. Yeah. I mean, what are those non-negotiables for you? And, and no one can argue whether it's right or wrong, but how do you then enforce that tactfully with grace and, um, you, and, and of course having that understanding where that person's coming from, but, but still you, you have your own, um, and I don't like to use the word rules, but, but these, they, they are your own personal rules and that's okay. Okay. I love that. That is great. And, and what's nice is from that, when you know that, and you said it, your non-negotiables, you know, this is negotiable, this is non-negotiable. So, so you have to set those, right. And, um, especially if you want to lead others, because the goal is, is you need to be real authentic and vulnerable, right? Because equally so you want the other to be that way too, or whoever you're working with, dealing with living life with, that's what you're looking for. And empathy and, and compassion can live right there in the middle in a beautiful way. But, yeah. And I think for a lot of people, they don't, they don't really think of what, what are boundaries? What kinds of boundaries are there? You know, you have a client that's consistently, you know, late, they're not performing, they're not, you know, they're, they're just, they're not showing up and, uh, you know, and, and, and you're like, well, if you're in the scarcity mindset, you're like, well, you know, this, this is, this, 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 this client has so much potential. But if this client is like not showing up and, you know, these are your, 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 your non-negotiables, you know, timeliness, punctual, like, you know, and, and not really respecting your time, should they be canned? You know, that's, and, and this is what, you know, I work with a lot of leaders, entrepreneurs, coaches on, um, you know, and I, we just, I launched, um, a, a new spoofy, funny series, on, um, it's called school of grit. And, and one of them, it actually just came out on Friday, but one of the videos was the types of clients you will encounter. And this was really all about boundaries and how they're going to push your boundaries and, and all of these things. But the majority of the time, 
you know, the, the, the issue is that, you know, we as leaders, we don't set those boundaries up. We don't set those expectations. And then you have this expectation mismatch. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And then it's impossible to manage no expectation. When you don't have an expectation, how do you manage it? And then both people are looking at the other one, like, what are you doing wrong? Because you know, each person believes in their mind they're right. Totally. <laughs> it's just, it's like, wow, isn't this a wonderful relationship, right? <laughs> so, so the um, emotional intelligence and growth mindset, you know, those are two things because we, especially as leaders, we need to be, once again, so I'm trying to do a dual thing here, you know, being a leader who, or a coach, right? As well as the person who is in your life that you're also trying to help and doing the most good for them, adding value to their life. Um, and knowing that we want to be real authentic, you know, and vulnerable, but, mm-hmm. but we all wear masks. That's something we talked about in the lot. We just touched, like, I mean, we really just hit the <laughs> surface of it, but the yeah, we just scratched it. So I love this def- definition by, I don't know if you know, um, Carol Dweck. I love her stuff, yeah. oh, her. but yeah. man, I love what she says. Growth mindset is based on the belief that your basic qualities are things you can cultivate through your efforts. Although people may differ in every which way. In their initial talents and aptitudes, interests, and temperaments or temperaments, everyone can change and grow through application and experience. So with that in mind, we talked about masks, right, that we wear. And we, with emotional intelligence and having a growth mindset, you know, and and getting those things to be elevated in our lives, how can someone begin to help another reveal their true authentic self? help them to get on a road to recovery. That's the way I look at it because your real self, it's almost like a person that needs to recover and even improve. So how can, how do how can we, as if we, you know, first we have to do it, but what are ways that you would just speak out loud and share that would help someone, you know, on that road to recovery to reveal that, that true authentic self. You know, it's interesting. Um, the, and you know, this is so, so controversial, but you know, I, I think I, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll share that, share this. Let's see, let's see how this goes, but, okay. um, <laughs> do it. Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, one of the, you know, um, one of, uh, my own mentors who's, 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 a you know, who's a coach as well. Um, you know, runs a, a, you know, very large, um, entrepreneurial group and, um, was actually, um, approached by the, the most, uh, hated, um, you know, man <laughs> in the world, uh, Harvey Weinstein and, um, for, for some help. And, uh, and so, you know, this person became his sober coach. And I think that, you know, to the point of, um, you know, not, you know, for, we're in this space of recognizing empathy, recognizing compassion. Um, you know, when people are open, and when people are ready for help, that's when you can cause the most amount of growth and change. And, um, and so why do I share that example? Um, well, because, you know, anybody can look from the outside and say, oh my gosh, you know, why would anybody want to help, you know, monster just like that person or, or whatever, you know, the thoughts and judgments that come around that. But the idea is, you know, if when that person is ready, 
you know, then that growth can actually exponentiate. Um, and the idea is most people are so narrow minded that they aren't open to growth. And it's, it's a, you know, something, you know, and either it's a, you know, something personal that happens, you know, something, um, you know, something strikes you, there's some sort of pivotal moment in your life. But when that moment strikes, that's your window, that's your window of opportunity. I think that, um, and, and growth can be very, you know, growth can be very addictive, uh, because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's bettering yourself, it's understanding yourself when you actually get into that. But I think that the biggest thing is, is, you know, that's the, that's the G inside of grit, right? I right. grit it's an ac- acronym. And so I think you need to have that self-awareness in order to start that journey. And if, and if, you know, you're not, you can be the smartest person in the room, you can have the most intellect, you can have the most achievements, the most accolades, but if you aren't open to listening to somebody else's perspective, if you aren't open to, you know, having the awareness of, hmm, what isn't going right here? Or, uh, you know, how, how can I make decisions differently? If you're not having that own self-awareness, then, then there is no possibility of having a growth mindset, you know, um, because you're just not open to it. And I think, you know, with, with awareness, that's where, you know, the openness comes to learn something new, to, to have that curiosity, um, to, to dig, you know, a little bit deeper. The example that I gave you, I mean, obviously the whole world was against him. And, and I think at that time, you know, everyone needs, um, uh, you know, and, and my, one of my mentors deals with a lot of, um, sex addictions and, uh, um, has a recovery, you know, for, for addicts. And so, uh, you know, that was, that was, you know, that pivotal moment where, um, you know, and we all have, you know, different types of clients or people in our lives that, you know, when they are ready to kind of block that path, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Buddhist proverb, right? When the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, um, (laughs) you know, otherwise you go to school for 20 or 30 years, you don't learn anything because the stuff was shoved down your throat and you weren't even open to learning it. So, um, I think we can utilize that in all aspects, um, of our life, especially when we're, you know, going back to that journey to, to ourselves. That's a big one. Right. I like to uh, use the illustration, like, you know, if, 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 you know, if you plant a bunch of, you know, say there was, you know, say we were neighbors, right. And your husband and, and you, you came over and said, Hey, look between our yards. There's this whole area. And you said to my wife and I, Hey, you guys want to let's plant flowers here. Right. So we do that. And so let's just say we notice they they always seem to be closed up. And one day you look out the window and you see me trying to pull the petals open, you know, and you come outside and you're like, Tim, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to let this thing know it needs, this is what it needs. It needs, the, you know what I mean? Like I'm, and I'm trying to pull it, but you know what? Yeah. It needs to open. Right. And I'm sitting here saying what it needs. And you're like, but Tim, it'll open when it's ready to receive what it needs. And that's, yeah, that's what people do. And they pull on the petals. They try it in relationships. They try to force open the petals. What's interesting about a flower is there's no bone in it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's the veins. It's the, it's skeletal system is so fragile, but it it can do that. Isn't it amazing how even, even grass can push its way through concrete through a crack Mm. because it's, it when when it's on the search it will, yep. it, it will find its it will way, find way. Yeah. you know, you know, and that's in the same thing with the flower. So we need to start understanding that 
you know, and I understand people do, I mean, there were some horrible things that happened to me as a kid. And, you know, I went through a lot of a different types of abuse. Um, when I was little, I, I tell stories about it and, you know, and not, I don't need anyone's sorrow. What I do is I tell them, you know, my life is more than that. Yeah. And, and I, and I understand these things, but I'm going to tell you, I still believe that you'll never look into the eyes of another human being that doesn't matter. Mm. And we need to understand that what going back to empathy and compassion, there's power there. That's where the oh. real power is. Yeah. Instead of treating people as disposable, because see, look, if we all, if we can get, if we can get two million people to agree that someone's no good and disposable, yeah, then our list is going to keep growing. Oh yeah. Because we start des- deciding, okay, this one, no, they, no, they're not redeemable. Yeah. You, you can't be, re- no, you're, you can't recover. You can't recover. You can't. And man, we put ourselves in a place where karma is going to show up, not with just one hand, but two. <laughs> you know, I, I really feel like we need to be careful, you know? So true. Yeah. So let me sure. ask you really quick and, um, you know, watching the time here with you, vulnerability and trust, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, so even as, a leader working with other folks and, and trying to help them improve and grow. And as we're growing too, and, you know, developing emotional intelligence, help people, people with that growth mindset. Mm-hmm. When you hear someone say you start, I'll follow. So, you know, as the mm-hmm. person coaching a lot of times, that's what you'll get. You, yeah. you start, I'll follow. So how do you help people who really are interested in being a better leader, making themselves vulnerable, but also not having a fear to reveal but at the same time, you know, keeping things in perspective to where they they take away their ability to be able to lead someone because a person's not ready to hear maybe sometimes about a certain failure you may have had or you know what I mean? Like as a coach, you have to be careful with that. Sure. So sure. so vulnerability to build trust because we know it builds trust, but you start, I will follow. How do you help people who want to coach? to say that you may have to start and they'll follow, but here's how you, once again, it's like looking at setting a limit or knowing how to ease your way into it. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it's interesting because as you're, you know, as I'm one of the, the business accelerators that I run, it's called accelerate. And we have, you know, currently we have about 20 people in our six month program. And so, um, and it's interesting, uh, you know, everyone's on a different, on a, you know, different wavelength on a different level, but the power of the collective is so strong that even if one person is shy or, you know, one person is, is not, um, and, and this can happen even in groups and Facebook groups and things like that. But when there's, you know, that one leader that, that takes charge and I've seen this in, in, in the multiple groups that I, that I run, whether it's online or even, you know, um, in, in, inside of accelerate, when you have that one person, I'll go first. And even if it's you as the, as the leader, you know, you, the one that, you know, takes the initiative then it actually empowers other people. You know, I think that it's always that initial push and that's going to be there. That's fine. Um, and you know, at, at some certain stages, people aren't ready to share and people aren't, you know, it, it, but I think that a, it takes consistency. It takes patience. It takes, um, 
but I think that, uh, you know, overall having that, which is why I don't know. I, I love, I, I really, really love the, you know, being in, in groups and community because the power of groups and community in a collective is, is huge because even for that one person, that limiting factor, the person, you know, at the, at the sitting at the end of the room or never commenting, you're giving them, you know, just that, you know, maybe even a 5% boost, a 10% boost, uh, from where they were even before, you know, they saw your post or, you know, they saw the people that engaged in, in whatever, you know, article that was on LinkedIn or whatever that is, but we don't realize the, 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 you know, the power of an engaged audience and what that can do for people who are scared, but they do want to take that leap. They do want to lead. It just might take them a little bit longer, but you know, consistency wins over time. And that's, um, yeah, that's, that's where I'll leave that. No, that is so good. And and I love what you say about community because I tell people, if you want to be re-energized, if you want to rejuvenate, if you want to replenish, all of those things need to be in proximity. You know, yep. they need to be near you. You shouldn't have to go far for them. Like if, if I know the only thing that's going to re- rejuvenate me, I can't go to California. I'm on the East Coast. I can't go to California once a week without it being very, very costly. Right? <laughs> yep. I want yep. things closer to me. So I need them in proximity and community in what, in what type of community you put yourself into as well that's where you can find a lot of that stuff. But one of the things I'm working on, and I'd love your take on this to wrap up with you here. I'm not going to tell you what it means to me and where it is in my brain. I just want to hear yours because I'm actually, I've been bouncing this off of people and you're the first one that I'm bouncing this off of in a podcast interview. The power of observation coupled with intuition can do what? Mm, Wow. That's beautiful. Mm. Mm. make for a great coach, make for a great leader. That's a, that's a beautiful balance. Okay, great. See, I, I'm, and I love your answer. Yours is the shortest and most succinct (laughs) and cut and it cut right through. I'm not kidding because it's one of those things, but what did it do when you thought of that? What what happened? Say again. It's a beautiful way to end it because I feel like it's a culmination of everything we've, we've, you know, we've been talking about for the last, you know, 40 minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, observation and intuition, those are, those are powerful. That, that means you're listening. That means you're paying attention. That means you're present. Um, and you know, you as a coach or leader following that, you know, gut a lot of times, from your observations, huge, huge. Nobody can argue with that at all. And that's, that's basically what we are teaching in the school of, uh, in the, in the book of coaching, in emotional grit, in accelerate and anything that we do. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And still, where would you like the listeners to go that, that who didn't listen to the last one, uh, the interview, but where would you like them to go to find the most where all your stuff is, uh, what's the best location? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Go to neatthebushin.com. You'll find everything, the book of coaching, emotional grit, our new fun episodes, uh, our, our new school of grit channel, which we release videos every, uh, Tuesdays and Fridays around the, the fun lives of us as entrepreneurs and coaches. It'll make you laugh, you know, and, uh, yeah, 
that's where we're at. Great. Thank you again for coming back on doing round two with me. Oh, I I loved it, Timothy. I loved it. This this has been great. Well, this has been round two with um, my new friend, Nita. And um, you've been listening to Uphill Conversations. Always remember your current condition does not match your emerging future. Anything worth having is uphill, but you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. And always remember you can be more, do more, and have more. Your reasons for being, doing, and having are for you to figure out and no one else. But most importantly, you will see me and Nita on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.